The big question that every writer has is, how can I sell more books? Or if they're not published yet, it's how can I write books that sell? But when writers approach selling books from a numbers perspective, they're missing out on the amazing relationships they could be building with readers through their stories. It's impossible to write books that resonate with readers when you're writing for money, because money can't read. But shouldn't writers be able to make a living with their stories? Well, when you connect with human souls, readers turn into fans and friends, and that's when consistent income begins. That and so much more. But how do writers connect with readers? That is the question this podcast aims to answer. My name is Kristen Spencer, and this is the Expensive Words Podcast. Welcome to the next episode of the Writing 101 series. And today we're going to be talking about something that I know trips up a lot of writers when they're first starting out, or even when they have an idea that they want to write, but that they feel like it's just not good enough. And so today we're going to talk about the idea, what if my idea isn't original? And we're going to dispel some myths, we're going to work through some issues, because we've already talked about how you have your uh, glorious glimmer of an idea, how you then create a protagonist to represent that uh, main idea within your story. But before we get to the part where we develop our character arc, I wanted to stomp this idea dead. Uh, I was even talking about it in a writing group online today about how this one person shared her story idea with a friend and the friend was like, oh, you know what? That sounds too much like Tinkerbell. And so she decided not to work on it. And I'm like, what? First of all, Tinkerbell's awesome. Second of all, who cares what your friend says or friend? I should use scare quotes around the word friend, right? Because real friends don't just dismiss your idea because maybe they're not 100% original. So we're going to uh, talk about all these things today. And I just want you to know that I'm here for you. I believe in you. I know you can do this. And we're going to get through this together as we go through the Writing 101 series on the Expensive Words podcast. Okay, so have you ever let the idea that a story you're reading might be uh, less than original stop you from enjoying the story? I am assuming that your answer would be no, because then you couldn't read any books at all. And, you know, aren't you drawn to some books because you like that genre? You love the familiarity of the tropes. You love the types of character arcs that are employed in those kinds of stories. That's how all readers feel. And there are some readers that are going to be, uh, maybe I'll say, snooty, <laughs> because they're like, well, you better be 100% original, da-da-da-da-da. I only want to read books that I haven't read before. You know what? Most readers are not like that. Uh, even Michael Chabon, who's like a Pulitzer Prize-winning author, hit uh, the book. I started reading one of his books because I was like, this guy's a writing machine. Everyone loves him. Let me get into this. And I started reading uh, one of his books, and I was like, okay, yeah, he's a really good writer, but he writes about World War II era things like that's not original. It's not an original idea. And the reason that I haven't finished any of his books is because I feel like 
his style of writing is for an elevated audience. And uh, I'm not, I, I have a degree in literature. <laughs> Let's start with that because that's a fair thing to say. But I don't want to write books that are so elevated that every person could not sit down, read it, and understand it. That's not the kind of writing that I'm into. Uh, I do enjoy reading books like that as a reader, but as a writer, I've decided that's not for me. So uh, maybe eventually I'll finish one of his books, but they're just so long, like longer than Dune long. And, you know, I'm busy and I like books I can read quickly. If it's under 300 pages, boom, I can read it in like a day and a half. So that sounds good to me because I need to go into that world get all the things out of it, and then move on with my life. And with Michael Chabon, you just can't do that because his books are so thick. And I'm not saying you shouldn't read his books, but I'm just saying that even he, who is a Pulitzer award-winning writer, is not coming up with completely original ideas. So why would you, who's just starting out in your writing career, hold yourself to such an impossible expectation? So it's unreal. It's unreasonable to put that much pressure on yourself, especially if you're getting ready to write your first story or your second story or your third story. Like my third fiction novel, uh, Kerfuffle, it, the ideas are good. The execution is not that great at all. I talk about that in story filters. And I've had some people say, you're being so hard on yourself, but like they, they feel that way at the beginning because I'm like, look, this introduction is crap. I mean, that's not what I say. I say it nicer. <laughs> but they they read that, and then they get to the end where I've rewritten the introduction, and they're all, oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Uh, so listen, if getting started for you means exploring something familiar, then by all means, do it. Getting started is the hardest part. It's the most intimidating thing. And like I said, you have to write your way through several stories before you actually uh, get to the point where you can write really well. And of course, you can do it sooner with some of the courses that I've designed based on my <laughs> previous uh, failures and experiments in writing. And, you know, then after that, my victories in writing. But you need to you need to start somewhere. And so this is what I do, okay? If you're feeling nervous, like, I can't write a story. Uh, I can't write this story idea I have because it's so good, and I'm not that great of a writer yet. What I do is I save up my best story ideas. Uh, and I've been saving them for years because I knew that as I wrote, I would get better. And now I am finally, you know, I have almost 10,000 hours in, if you're one of the Malcolm Gladwell readers who's like, what do you think about that? The 10,000 hours uh, to be an expert. I have almost 10,000 hours of writing in. And so now I'm starting to be able to write some of the ideas I've been holding on to for years. In particular, I have an idea for a children's series that uh, I've been holding on to for 14 years. And uh, once I finish Let's see, what's the list right now? I have the Time Travel series. I have the Plunge into Darkness series. Uh, I have the Interloper series, the Wolfie series, which is about a time-traveling werewolf. Yes, it is. And I've been holding on to that idea for a long time. It's not my idea. It's Travis's idea, my husband. And then I can get to Victor and Clara and their uh, fantasy story. Uh, and I'm working through all of those. I'm thinking about them, you know? And I think that if I had 
written that story before, when I first thought of it, it would have not been good, and it would have not had any diversity in it, and it wouldn't have uh, been, I wouldn't have been able to execute the complicated themes and ideas that I wanted to incorporate in that book. So if you have a story that you're like, this is the story that I know is going to be like my lifetime achievement, don't write that story first, okay? Uh, you can think of another story idea. And remember, I've given you ideas of how to get uh, the glorious glimmer of your next story in the first episode of Writing 101 which is start to write, <laughs> because that's the beginning. So if getting started means exploring something familiar, then you should do it. Uh, for example, um, I really like Jane Austen. I love Jane Austen. <laughs> and I've talked about her quite a bit. And I was talking to my grandmother, who's also a voracious reader. We're the readers in the family. And she was, like, reading Emma, and she's like, oh, I just don't like this book. I'm like, give up. Don't read the rest of it. Go to read Persuasion instead. And she called me, and she's like, well, I had to stop about halfway. And I was like, that's where I stopped, too, because Emma is supposed to be a miserable character. And then, like, you see her transformation over time. And, you know, uh, it's – it. <laughs> Maybe that was a writing exercise for Jane Austen. Like, can I write a book where this character seems basically unredeemable and then be able to redeem them at the last minute via character growth? And uh, it's a great idea in theory. It's very hard to read in practice. So we were talking about Jane Austen. And there's this uh, author, Mary Jane Hathaway, and she writes adaptations of things and she writes uh, Pride and Prejudice and Cheese Grits and that book is really great and I think that was the first book of hers that I read and then uh, I found The Pepper and the Gumbo which is the first uh, book in this long series of books she does where she adapts romantic comedies uh, into other cultures and so The Pepper and the Gumbo is a retelling of You've Got Mail, a.k.a. The Shop Around the Corner, where it's set in Louisiana, and uh, some of the characters speak Creole. It's really, really great. I love it. And that's the kind of story you might want to start with, where you're like, I'm really a big fan of Jane Austen, and I really like space fantasy. So I'm going to smash those two things together and write something that's familiar but not familiar uh, so it doesn't have to be space fantasy. I just love space fantasy. So I just want to smash everything with it. But like I have, you know, one of the books that I wrote when I was going through a really rough period, uh, was Gaze at the Stars, which is a retelling of the Samuel Taylor play, Sabrina, and then later on the movie adaptation in 1996 that stars Harrison Ford and Julia Ormond and Greg Kinnear. Such a great cast. It's still my favorite movie, but I moved that onto a space station and I switched all the genders of the characters and I gave them different nationalities and um, maybe a little bit different roles and that was really a fun experiment in writing for me and I think it's a really good story at some point I will release it and I have two more plans uh, two more outlines to write in that series that's like a I'm <laughs> I basically wrote that in between writing the two plunge into darkness books because those books are really rough on me and they're rough on the reader uh <laughs> as an effect of that. But so if you feel like, you know, oh, I'm I'm writing something too familiar. You know what? Give yourself permission to write something you like for your first story because that blank page is so intimidating. And you 
admitted to me earlier, right, that when you read a story and it's starting to feel familiar, you don't automatically stop and be like, oh, I hate this. I've seen these themes before. I can never read another book again. No, you actually like the familiarity. And so don't be uh, dissuaded to write something that you think that other readers will say, oh, well, this is not a completely original idea. There are no completely original ideas left in this world. And uh, just today I was looking up space station romances because I was thinking about how am I going to market Gaze at the Stars, even though I, I don't know if I will try to market it. I don't know how much of an audience there is, but I did find a space station romance and the series is called like the space station janitor. And I was like, this looks awesome. And so I sent a sample to my Kindle. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, the person who wrote it, like, worked for NASA and all these different – worked for Nate. I mean, she's really impressive, and uh, it's supposed to be comedy, too. So I'm like, dang, this sounds awesome. And it is kind of an original idea, right? We never read about the janitor <laughs> on the space station, but that's probably a pretty interesting job. Uh, but, you know, it has all the space station tropes, I assume, and th those are familiar, but it's still okay. Like, you don't have to twist the whole story. You can just twist a little part of it. And it will be interesting to the reader. Uh, I haven't read this book yet, but Kara Swanson just put out a book uh, called Dust. And it's about, it's like a retelling of Peter Pan-ish because you can take those characters uh, under fair use and you can use them in derivative works. The copy, the public domain copyright is coming up in the United States in 2023. And then you're going to see an explosion of Peter Pan retellings and... Uh, you know, that's because people like the story and they're familiar with it, but they want to see a different twist. So I will tell you, if you have someone come up to you and they're a naysayer and they're like, oh, your story reminds me of blank. Instead of being bummed out, this is what you should do. I'm going to tell you exactly what to do. Ask them if they liked that story. And if they say yes, you'd be like, great, well, then you'll probably like my book. And actually, you don't care if they like your book because they're being snooty. And if they say no, you can be like, oh, well, I'm really going to try to do better than that book. So I'm not worried about it. And you can say that and mean it. And you can be like, in your head, Kristen told me not to worry about this because if I'm so super focused on having the most original idea ever for my first book ever, I'm never going to write anything. And that is something that causes a lot of new writers to feel completely blocked. And you don't need that pressure. Listen, you can write your life-defining novel later. You are just getting started, and you need to start with this simple stuff. When we're teaching kids math, we're not like, okay, so you're going to find f of x for da-da-da. No, no, no. No, we don't start with calculus. We start with counting on our fingers, uh, you know, which is so simple. But without that, without the basis of counting, you cannot do calculus. And even though I learned how to do calculus, I do not remember anything. And I have to do a shout out to my friend Krista, who was the singular reason that I passed uh, physics honors and calculus, because she was like, so all you have to do is this. And she could break it down in a way that I understood. So... Thank you, Krista, and all the Kristas out there in the world who help people like me who are like, math, oh no, I can do basic accounting and that's about it. No f of x anything. And also when my kids are doing geometry, I'm like, oh no, 
But uh, right now, my youngest is doing multiplication tables, and that's pretty fun. And and he's starting to notice patterns. And so, what I would tell him is not, "Well, you suck because you can't, <laughs> you cannot figure out the angle of an obtuse triangle, angle A or whatever." I'm not going to say that to him. Like, he's learning multiplication, and every time he has a small victory in that, I say, yes, you did it. Good job. Correct answer. And so for you, as you're sitting down to uh, figure out your glorious glimmer or talk yourself further into pursuing your glorious glimmer, which is your story idea, I would say, good job. You've done the first step, not how dare you not write something more original. How dare you? No, that's silly. There are going to be people who say dumb things like, oh, this story reminds me of that. Ha ha ha. No, it's not. It's don't you can't care about them. I want you to think about me. I want you to think about me sitting in my office in my basement talking into this Audio Technica microphone. And I'm telling you. It's okay to give yourself permission to write something familiar and something that you like so that you can get started and you can write your life-defining novel later. I still haven't even done that yet, and I've been writing for almost 10 years. Uh, Some people would say, oh, well, Plunge into Darkness seems pretty life-defining, and I would be like, well, I have to fix a bunch of stuff in it before I publish the series because I wrote it around year six, and now I'm at year 10-ish, and... My writing has changed dramatically. And also now I can write stuff that I want to write that I know is slightly familiar or really familiar and have fun with it. Like earlier, I wrote a scene about the smell of a squirrel and I loved it and it was fun and it's not super original. I'm sure you've read about stinky animals before because animals sometimes smell really badly. (laughs) So Give yourself that freedom. Stop putting all of the pressure on to make this the next great piece of American literature. No, no, or British literature, wherever you are, Australian literature, Indian literature. I know I have a lot of listeners from India, so I want to say hi to you, and I love you all, and I'm so excited about the creative explosion that's happening in your country right now, and you should definitely be a part of that. And I want you to know that the feeling of uncomfortableness that you have, this is for everyone, not just my listeners in India, that that means that you're doing something new. And actually, that's good because you're growing as a person, you're growing as a writer. And next time, we're going to talk about developing your character arc and uh, all the steps that that goes into that uh, process so that you can get one step closer to writing the first story of your heart, which might not be the final story of your heart, and that's okay. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer and I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing.